What's up, buddy? I have a great story for you. Uh, I share. I sent you this. And you didn't even respond to me. Uh, Liquid oh. Death hashtag not a hashtag not a sponsor. I got it back. Um, apparently went to war with the Arnold Palmer Palmer family. Uh, for those who don't know, Arnold Palmer was a professional golfer who used to drink a lot of iced tea and lemonade mix. He sold the rights to this to Arizona iced tea or something like that. Yep. Liquid Death had a their own lemonade iced tea mix called the Armless Palmer, and the Palmer family in Arizona went after them and gave them a cease and desist, and now they call it Dead Billionaire. <laughs> well, and I think the great thing about that story, right, because I did read it. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't respond. It's been one of those weeks. Yeah. The, the great thing about that story is so Liquid Death, though. They posted to their Instagram... If you like our armless Palmer, you're going to love our dead billionaire. Why? Because it's the exact same thing. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the All Things MSP Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Asker. With me always is my good friend, podcast host, producer, extraordinaire, pirate, pal, pipe dream, Mr. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> i'm running That's out of because he's words. waiting for his first royalty check folks yeah i'm running out of i'm running out of p words that are that are uh podcast appropriate i don't have a but if you can't tell i don't have a pop filter on my microphone and i purposely pee out my piece the side note there's a great uh college humor turned into a, uh, a show called game changer right and there's a great sketch if you want to look look this up and i think we've talked about this before where the guy had to sell the host on a keyboard that was all the letter p and uh they were like well why why should i buy a p letter keyboard and the guy goes because it's perfect and the other cast members were like no they just like lost their mind over it and then someone asked they were like how if i wanted to write an email like hey eric how are you i uh, hope things are well XOXO, Justin, how would I write that on the P keyboard? And the guy literally goes, but it was the funniest thing. <laughs> Go check it out. We've talked about that before. What's up, dude? Um, another episode. Here we are. We have a guest today, as always. I love it when we have a guest. Yes. I, I mean, it depends, right? Because sometimes we cover topics that just you and I run across that we think are uh, things that the audience needs to know or would like to know like the the recent one we did on compliance that one actually has gotten a lot of tragic tra uh, tragic no traction <laughs> no it was a tragedy is what the word you're looking for that's what this podcast is this podcast is tragic i promise we'll do better next time <laughs> but that one you know has picked up some great traction which is good uh shows that the the content that you guys want are the things that at least every once in a while justin and i are you know pulling out i do know what they really want they really want to know the information about the name change of the arnold palmer drink of liquid death which is why you're here for the show That's well maybe we'll do an entire show on that probably not um well marketing. we'll do a show on marketing but for today we're doing a show about security we have a guest let's bring up our guest mr joe scalone from ubico senior solutions architect at ubico Joe, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? 
I'm good. Uh, Joe, just uh, people know I met you only a few short months ago at the Mac Adamans PSU. Uh, you were you were sporting that same shirt. I'm really hoping you've washed it since then. Uh, uh, luckily, I, I've got a couple of them. Do you do you do you pull like the this? I know we haven't even introduced you yet, but I'm going to jump right in. Do you pull the Steve Jobs and is like that your just go to outfit every day? You just always wear the Ubico shirt. Not every day. I don't have that many, and I've got a variety of them. But uh, it definitely makes life easier. You just need seven. That's all you need. There's only seven black turtlenecks, one pair of Levi jeans, and a pair. Of, what did he wear? New Balance shoes. I don't. The white ones. I forget what he was. Wearing. Yeah, New Balance. But uh, yeah, I don't think turtlenecks would work well for me. <laughs> Joe, while oh, we got here, why don't you tell everybody a little bit who you are? What is Ubico? And uh, since your last name is Scalone, and we had this conversation pre-show, tell everybody which is your favorite Rocky movie. Got it. Well, we'll start first. It's Rocky Three because I love Mr. T. Always have, always will. Uh, seen every episode of A Team that I'm willing to talk about. Um, so, some about me, Joe Scalone. I live in the Maryland area. Uh, I've been working with Identity for, I guess we're coming up on 10 years now. And really, I'm passionate about making people safe online. You know, I've got three little kids, and it scares the bejesus out of me. You know, some of the things that I've seen in my travels, similar to you guys, I imagine, there's a, a dark underbelly to the internet yeah. that really, if more people knew about, we could do something about. And if you look at the numbers, cybercrime is the third largest economy in the world behind China and the United States. And there are things we can do about that that are not very hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Enter, um, enter, enter player three, Joe Scalone, coming in to talk about it. <laughs> pretty much. So, I work for Ubico. Um, Ubico specifically provides modern hardware authentication that stops phishing attacks and account takeovers for the world's largest organizations, small businesses, individuals, and more. Uh, I also do work with the FIDO Alliance. I'm the uh, co-chair of the U.S. Government Deployment Group and the uh, World Government Deployment Group. That's probably new from the last time we chatted. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I agree with you about uh, the scariness of the internet. You know, I have a eight-year-old and he he's he's getting into Fortnite now and I've turned off all the chat and I've tried to manage his computers. Actually, as an IT person, one of the things I pride myself on is that I manage my kids' devices and I think I do a pretty good job, but I wanted to like, I ran my own pen test and I had a friend of mine try to FaceTime my son just to see if he would answer a random phone number. And he did. And I was like, I screwed up in two ways. One, I didn't teach him don't pick up FaceTimes of random phone numbers. And two, I should have blocked it, uh, all of the outside callers. But yeah, the internet, the internet uh, sucks, <laughs> but we're on it because you're here listening to this show. Um, right. I mean, it's, it has its purpose, um, you know, and it's, it's a tool, whether it's a tool for entertainment, a tool for work, a, a tool for making several hours of your day just randomly disappear. It, it is a tool, but uh, it's a tool that good guys use and bad guys use, just like everything else. Just like all other tools. Bad guys use hammers also. Yeah. Yes, but they use them um, differently. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So yeah. let's let's get into a little bit of the security stuff here. So I I have it's going to be hard to show on camera. So if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, I apologize. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash at all things MSP. I have a couple of these uh, Yubico. I have a, actually a stack of Yubico keys here. Uh, not for any other reason than like a couple of these were mine. A couple of these belong to staff members. A couple of these were gifts. Um, so you can see I really do like them. But let's get into why should somebody be using, whether it's Yubico or some other sort of encryption key, I'm assuming, and you'll correct my terminology, FIDO key. Um, and, and why use this? Is this necessary when we enforce two-factor authentication on everybody's computers? Like wh where is this fitting into the play here? It all comes down to risk. You know, we'll start with the idea of implementing phishing resistant authentication which is really only a FIDO authenticator and a smart card. Not many people are signing up to go back to smart cards. There's a large cost associated with setting up a PKI infrastructure to manage the certificates behind that. You don't really need that necessarily with a FIDO authenticator. Uh, just doing that alone would stop 90% of internet breaches because it's been discovered that truly 90% are due to stolen login credentials. Right. Think of how much money you could save just from that. Now, why a security key? I also have a couple, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> it's not fair though, hold on. You have the branded shirt. I don't have a Yubico shirt. <laughs> yeah, I do have the branded shirts. We'll, uh, Maybe next at Mac Admin Conference, I'll see if I can get you a branded shirt as well. Um, you know, why a security key? Well, let's talk about the opposite side of that, a pass key. Um, and really, pass key just means a FIDO authenticator. Most of us know pass keys as the syncable pass key. Very convenient. Set it up on your Mac. It's on your iPad. It's on your iPhone. Uh, other companies are either actively out with them, Google conveniently set them up for you on all their devices, um, but they own the private key. That's what's getting synced around. If you're comfortable with that, I'd rather see you use that than a password any day of the week. If you wanna control your private key, you need a hardware authenticator, which is effectively, it's a hardware-backed FIDO credential or a hardware-backed pass key. Right. This way, you don't want somebody to access that private key, you unplug it. Nobody's so, gonna get to it. So let's let's backtrack this one a little bit, right? For those who aren't yeah. who, who are not aware with what pass keys, right? Because you and I were talking a little bit before the show we started recording, like I use I, I my entire team uses one password, right? Password mm -hmm. management. We like it, it's probably one of the safest ones. And I've noticed that one password now is like storing pass keys for Google. And I've talked to my lead talk and I'm like, what is this? And he's like, it's just passwordless passwords. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if that's 100% right. Like, let's break down what a pass key is, mm -hmm. why people should be using them. Where does that sit in the realm of, let's say, two-factor authentication or multi-factor mm -hmm. authentication? And then, and then I guess we can stop on top of that, the idea of using a, a, a key, a hardware key. So let's start with defining multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication by saying, really, there are three factors, something you have, something you are, and something you know. 
something you have, something you know would be a PIN number, a password, something you are, retinal scan, because I know you have one of those at home, Justin, to get into your front door, uh, <laughs> fingerprint, veins in your wrist, the way you walk. These are all biometric uh, factors. The way you type, the patterns of your life, uh, these are all things that are really predictable uh, from a biometric standpoint. Why use two-factor at all? Well, it's harder to break into. It's harder to sit there and say, well, you know, I've copied your password. Well, now I need to uh, copy the SMS code, which is really not that hard, off of somebody else's phone. Or I need right. that digit from an app, uh, an authenticator app that's on your phone. So then from there, why, why a passkey or what is a passkey? A passkey is a FIDO credential, full stop. But what does that mean? So think of it as a certificate-based authentication that is one-to-one -one tied to an individual website in this case, because it's really meant to be making passwordless authentication easy for this mobile web environment we all effectively live in at this point. Um, why use it? It's significantly more secure, and in some cases, just as convenient, if not more convenient, because you really don't have to remember a password. You'll get prompted for a PIN for some cases, but that's it, and it's significantly more secure. Right. So in the case of 1Password, right, in order to unlock 1Password, I have literally one password, which unlocks all of my passwords. So effectively, if 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 that password got out, someone can access my entire life if they had access to the vault that I have. But that password is complex and no one, I'm never using it anywhere else. But I could also unlock one password with just my finger because at least on the Mac, and I, I know there's ways to do this and Eric will tell me I'm wrong or right, that there's ways to do biometrics on some PCs. I know some PCs have like a, you know, what is it? The ThinkPads have the little touch thing, right? Yep. Um, just by touching the keyboard on my Mac, which unlocks my one password, which then unlocks all the other passwords and then access to the pass keys. I mean, I feel like I'm playing a game of get smart here. Like that intro scene with all the doors, like mm -hmm. when do I get in or, or do I, or am I overdoing it? Where, where should, let's take this two ways. Where should one, the MSP stop and two where should they get the clients that they take care of to stop because I, you know you could go down a rabbit hole and never come out of it when it comes down to security so the one place and i can see this is a good market for a lot of msps is ask your clients about risk you know what happens if that master password gets out there and somebody shuts down your business well are you ever coming back from that? Right. I know when I had my own business, I wouldn't be coming back from that. I'd be looking for a job instead of trying to come back for that. You know, it's the same argument we always had with backups. You know, the thing that I was always told from my clients 15 years ago when I was in your guys' shoes is, why do I need a backup? I've never lost any data. Till that first ransomware event happens. And Bingo. I mean, quite honestly, I had one of those events where I very nearly went out of business 
it was early on in ransomware. And if I had not been able to recover that client and get them back up and operating within four days, I think we did, with no good backup, uh, mm -hmm. it would have been devastating. And think of it, if that ransomware attack really came in from uh, basically a credential attack, you know, a passkey would have stopped that, whether it was hardware backed or not. And you get to stay home for those four days and do other things instead of, yeah, you know, being at the office probably 24 hours straight. It and actually often, pulled me away from an auto task conference that anyway. I was speaking at. I was going to Eric would have been at the office anyway, because back then, yeah. Yeah, because he just wanted to get out. <laughs> Understood. Um, you know, so back to the idea of when is enough enough? It comes down to personal choice and risk. You know, can, I mean, we talked about kids. You know, we all have houses. Where is the limit of security at your house? Right. Or your kids? Because I don't know about you, mine changed the second I had a wife, the second I had kids. Otherwise, you know, we were younger and we all did dumb things. That's normal. Um, the risk with, you know, cyber is no different. Uh, maybe the password to buy a pizza is not super important to you, but the password to a multi-million dollar stock portfolio is. Right. One, don't use the same password. Preferably, don't use a password. Because I can go online right now and spin up a password cracker and your 16 character password is mine in less than a day. And I spent $12. Yeah. The problem is that my, my multi-million dollar portfolio password is I like pizza. Um, I didn't know we had the same password. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so, but the thing is when it comes to pass keys, especially on, on websites, like mm -hmm. we're as a IT providers, we're stuck, right? We can't do anything because we're waiting for the websites to update and, un, and 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 take on this new technology. I have seen very few websites that I can log in with Passkey. You know, uh, uh, Facebook doesn't even have it, as far as I know. LinkedIn doesn't have it. Google does. Google Mail does, um, and I think that's where I, that's where the the buck stops. Like. Why are we waiting? So why, why are these companies not just do it? This is, it's an obvious good thing and mm -hmm. we should be informing our customers about it. But what good is informing my customers when 99% of the websites that they go to, go to don't have it? Well, so there's two ways of, oh, go ahead, Eric. Well, and I was just going to say that, you know, that's one of the way, one of the reasons I like YubiKeys because they seem to be one of the more widely adopted other forms of multi-factor authentication besides SMS and an app authenticators? So I can answer that two ways. One, as a side, it's not just FIDO we can do on here. You can also do that same app authenticator and protect it with a YubiKey. It's not phishing resistant, but you have to present your YubiKey to your device to unlock that authenticator app. Uh, and that's the you know, Yubico Authenticator, uh, you can download that Mac uh, or iPhone, Android. So why haven't more sites really implemented this? 
think back. When did your bank institute multi-factor technology? Oh, they have. <laughs> and my point exactly. Until somebody forces them to do it, or they've been burned bad enough, and it becomes a risk thing. Yeah. Uh, the other way to implement it is through federation. You know, if you set up something like Okta or or Entra now and federate into these sites, you can use a passkey to get in and then it's SAML on the back end from there, which I would recommend anyway, really for any MSP, because now you can control that access differently without passwords and you can manage it and you can track it. Well, I've had clients who've come to me and complained about the idea of using something like Okta or or Entra or any of these IDPs as, mm -hmm. well, then they just need the one password to get into everything else, right? Because they would get that. So like, again, going back to this get smart door concept, mm -hmm. you need to FIDO control the access to Okta, which is a single password to allow SAML into these other websites that don't allow FIDO control. And, yeah it, it becomes a headache and mm -hmm. it becomes a problem and and then it comes down to like i what you call keep calling risk i call is the juice worth the squeeze like do right. i need to really put you know idp on pizza one's website or my login for my pizza one website so i can get my chicken bacon ranch which hashtag they don't deliver to where i am um so pissed that i moved um but like, there's there where is I don't know. I, I already asked this, but like in my head, I keep spinning around the idea of like, where is the end point? Like, is it worth it to do all this? So let's go from the other side of it, okay? Yeah. Um, MSP. All MSPs are promoting two factor. All MSPs are promoting some sort of I. Or if you're not promoting IDP, you should be promoting some sort of IDP, whether that's Okta, Entra jump cloud or whoever else you're doing you can even use google as single sign-on for a lot of stuff okay um, they're already promoting that so that's what they're considering step one we're going to bump that to step two and say a fido key in this case a yubico key uh should become new step one so what are the risks of rolling it out because my fear and i talked to you about this at mac admins is i have the Yubico Mini, which, by the way, is a silly device because I never took it out of my computer. If I lose this, I am bleep. <laughs> yes. Thanks for doing the work uh, for me there. You got it, buddy. Yeah, we uh, we recommend getting two keys for that reason. Uh, multiple keys is really the thing. This is why when you buy a car, you get two keys. You go rekey your door at home, you get at least two keys. Um, having multiple keys really to have that backup is key. I've said key way too many times yeah. here, but <laughs> you know, that's, that's really the process you want to go with. Um, I would also take a step back and instead of saying, um, implementing a security key as step one, I would still go the route of implementing an IDP. And then add this version of multi-factor, whether it's FIDO of any form or smart card. Move to a phishing-resistant authenticator. Go on the path to passwordless. 
are we there as a really as technologists no you know all companies need to do a little bit more but we're still making steps in the right direction you know it's there is no perfect solution for every company um i'm a really firm believer in that but really we want to raise the floor up for security yeah you know let's stop the easy attacks let's proverbially lock your door at the end of the night so nobody walking by just randomly walks in getting off of passwords to me is the same thing i don't remember what movie this is from but some movies like i don't know about you but we oh it's from iron man 2 where justin hammer goes i still lock my door at night this isn't canada <laughs> so uh maybe um only certain canadians might want to get this uh for the reference but uh you know, we'll still talk to you anyway. I'll still find a solution that'll help protect you, whether it's you leave your front door whether it's with us or not. Leave your front door unlocked, but sleep with a with a Yubi key under your pillow uh, to to get into all of your stuff is what you're getting at. Uh, maybe put it on the nightstand <laughs> or right. on a nice key ring. On a nice key ring. Yeah. So let's talk about this real quick because there are, and I'm trying to get to my web browser, but I, my teleprompter concept is still not working for me. Well, while you're doing that, I have a question because because I'm I'm the process guy, right? <clears throat> it seems to me, in my experience, it is easier to use a FIDO key than it is to do SMS or or app based authentication. So as an MSP, if I'm trying to sell this to clients, is it not a selling point that it's just easier and it's more secure? Yes. Uh, and it's a, you don't have to reimburse on a cell phone. You don't have to maintain unless you're obviously buying cell phones as your primary source of communication. Right. But I know a lot of companies are moving to things like Teams where everything is based off of, uh, you know, off of your computer for telephony as well. Yes, this is easier. This is quicker and ends up being less expensive because then the flip side of that is how many of us have gotten calls to reset a password to something in the middle of the night? Yeah. This eliminates that, eliminates all of those calls Obviously, it changes them to something else. Hey, I've lost all of my keys. But then you got other issues. Well, and that was going to be my next question. Because my next question was, if I'm an MSP or a, an internal IT admin, mm -hmm. is there a way for me to have one key that I keep locked up that would give me access to these other accounts should oh, I need key. that break glass type of scenario? If you have an IDP set up that's managing these, yes. Because it's your admin key to get into something. You know, from an MSP perspective, I would be using these as my admin tokens everywhere mm -hmm. because now you have effectively made sure that you are not the reason for a hijack attack. Yeah. It's not you using the same password at 40 sites because yep. obviously nobody's ever done that before and none of your listeners ever do that. Um, and you happen to write it down on a post-it note for a new employee and he leaves it in the company. And that company 
turns around and realizes that it gets into their competition. And now you're having to explain yourself. And yeah. how did this happen? It's, Even it's, if they left a UB key behind, they still need to know the pin number to unlock the device. And they have to physically be somewhere to plug it in. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like our friend Matt Lee says, right? Defensibility. It gives the MSP another layer of defensibility of, hey, I did everything physically possible, including adding this key to make sure that nobody but me could get into these systems. Which is the first time we're actually doing something physically possible, right? Because normally when we say I did everything physically possible, it just meant how many taps on a keyboard. Um, right. So on, I'm, on the, I'm on the Ubico website, right? Mm -hmm. You have a, a lot of different versions of keys, right? There's the, yes. the Ubico 5, 5C, uh, the the NFC, non-FC, the Nano, the 5CI. Help somebody who's never done this buy the right thing. So conveniently, I do know they have a, uh, a new thing on the website that you can go through and answer a couple questions that will help you find the right one. But let's talk about it. What's your form factor that you need? Do you need a lightning port? Are you USB-C only, USB-A only? Does it matter? Do you only need FIDO? Do you need NFC? Do you need FIPS certified authenticators? Those are really your choices and kind of lead you down a certain path. If you don't need FIPS, you don't want a biometric key, which this is instead of your PIN number, you use your fingerprint. Then, to me, it's A or C, and do you want Nano or not? For me, and for a lot of admins out there, multiple keys are the way to go, but also not having the Nano because I'm using multiple machines. You know, I'm bouncing around everywhere. Yeah, and I mean, I don't really the Nano like that it's so tiny. Like, I never took it out of my computer. I felt like it defeated the purpose by never take it out. And that's the key. If you are a one computer user and that's it buy a nano plug yeah. it in kind of forget it's there for that purpose unless of course someone steals my laptop but then they would need to know your pin number and they would need my fingerprint or something like that right to get into your machine yeah i mean with any type of security if somebody owns your machine digitally or physically a lot of bets are off whether it's from a digital or a physical aspect, we've got a different issue there. Uh, and there aren't many vendors that are gonna really be able to help you out. Can I ask you, I'm gonna ask you a really, people are gonna, who are listening to this, I think I'm really stupid for asking this question. But I, I got into an argument the other day with somebody about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel so dumb just even thinking about this question. Lay it on me. On a biometric device like this mm -hmm. one, if they cut off my finger, mm -hmm. <laughs> shut up, Eric. <laughs> For those who are listening and not watching, Eric is losing his mind right now. If they cut off my finger, will it still work on a device like this? Yes. And it will also it. still work on your Mac. And the scary thing is, is <laughs> there are... 
certain, how do I put this? Uh, certain gloves that can be made to mimic okay. your fingerprint as well. And there have been studies done that they can make something known as a master fingerprint. There's about 40 of them that would cover the majority of the United States. That's so a scary thought. Yeah, that is scary. And that's that's the thing with generative AI that everybody, you know, AI is big everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, think of it. What people are listening to and watching right now could actually be AI manifestations of the three of us. Don't tell them the secrets. Sorry. Um, you know, it's not hard or expensive to do now. And it's only getting better. It's thinking of those applications where, like in biometrics or facial recognition, that tend to get scary. The one advantage that we have, as you've seen when you use the key, you have to touch that touch point, whether it's the gold Y or the little gold nub on your key, which is known as a liveness check. That's to make sure somebody's physically sitting there to do it. Right. You can't really do that remotely when you're passing through. Well, now that you've given up the secret, obviously it's very obvious to tell everyone that Eric and I are AI because we repeat the same lines such as we'll do better next time, hashtag not a sponsor, uh, podcast producer extraordinaire, that Eric and I are AI. But you, sir, are not. You are a very smart gentleman, especially when it comes to this stuff. Uh, real quick before we finish up, Joe, where can people find you online? Where can they find out more about Ubico? Where, where should they go to buy it? Uh, and when should they start implementing it? Um, we'll go backwards. Uh, implement now. You know, um, where you can buy it, you can actually get them off of Amazon. Um, if you... Uh, go through somebody like Ingram. You can also get them. Uh, you can get them right from our website as well. Uh, where to find out about more Ubico? Just go right to the website. Uh, as for me, uh, you can Google me. I've got a couple other things out there, a couple white papers I've helped write. And uh, you can see actually uh, your talk from the Mac Admin Conference and mine out there on YouTube. Um, otherwise, you can email me, uh, joe.scalone at ubico.com. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Joe, thank you for scaring the absolute bejesus out of me and everyone who's listening. Uh, for more for more for about Ubico or hearing more about the podcast, check us out, facebook.com slash group slash all things MSP. Watch Eric crack up at me at youtube.com slash at all things MSP. I'm Justin. That's Eric. That was Joe. I'm going to go take a nap now. Bye. <laughs>